Hello and welcome to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking all things Chelsea. My name is Olivia Bazaglo and joining me today is Charlie and Krish. Guys, we're going to get straight into it because it's our first Champions League quarterfinal for seven years. Charlie, just how impressive were Chelsea over both legs of this tie? We were brilliant. Comple- completely unprecedented against Atletico Madrid. Um, we dominated both games uh, overall, particularly last night. I thought last night was a kind of really like underratedly hard game and we didn't look in trouble from minute one. Um, it was like a textbook exercise of how to like manage a European tie um, to keep the ball. Don't get too flustered. We were obviously very lucky with the Azpilicueta um, penalty sending off in the first half, but to completely control the game, kill it off with that second goal, superb. Um, Chris, Charlie's mentioned it there. We have to quickly talk about it because my heart was in my mouth when Azpilicueta put his hand on Carrasco. Now, it wasn't necessarily a pullback and I think we were pretty lucky that VAR didn't check it because if they did, that's a penalty and a red card and I would be fuming if that wasn't given down the other end. Yeah, exactly. I think I think the consensus is we massively got away with the one there. Um, mm. Just an oversight from VAR, really. I have no idea why they didn't check that, um, especially in Europe as well. Like, obviously, we're we're used to. I mean, we're we're having soft penalties given in the Premier League, but we're used to kind of used to soft fouls in Europe and anywhere else on the pitch. That's a foul. Um, but yeah, the referee saw it differently, and I, I. I <laughs> Obviously, as a Chelsea fan, I, I was delighted with that. But um, yeah, if if that happens to your team, you're going to be absolutely fuming. I think it makes a mockery of the whole thing, doesn't it? If, if, yeah, if they're not it giving that, if they're not reviewing that, like it makes a mockery of the whole thing. I mean, what are linesmen doing at the minute? The the, the mm-hmm. linos are just basically may as well not be there. I saw it um, in our game last week when they're, obviously they're, they're told not to put the flag up for offsides. But a liner should be seeing that foul, surely. I mean, again, let's not complain too yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, because that was... changes the whole complexion of the tie, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. He had like the sideways view of it as well. I'm not really sure how he missed it. But yeah, I think um, Charlie's right there. They're just kind of uh, being a bit passive, knowing that VAR will dig them out of situations. But it obviously, it obviously hasn't there. But fair play to Simeone for not actually dwelling on that I think in his post-match interview Mm. he just accepted that we that Chelsea were the better team which was quite nice to hear very un-Simeone like I thought but yeah fair play to him um Charlie when this draw was done I remember I'm going to put my hands up because I didn't expect Chelsea to get through um I just looked at Atletico Madrid where they were in the table the players they've got and I I thought it was going to be such a tough draw did you think we'd get through it so easily uh, no, no, I didn't. I thought it was, I thought, I mean, when we were playing really badly, I thought they'd absolutely hammer us. But we've mm. massively improved. They've slipped off a little bit. It's a bit of a joke that that's the best La Liga has to offer, supposedly. Um, mm. And no, I, I, I thought we were excellent. I mean, even, to be honest, even going into the game last night, I thought we could be in trouble if we weren't clinical enough. Mm. Um, we really upped that side of our game. I thought that first goal was, I mean, both goals were fantastic but that first goal that front three they mm. all did their job so absolute perfection it was a great ball by Havertz and again I've said this before about Havertz he's starting to use his body a bit more he's, he's always one of the biggest mm. players on the pitch Havertz mm. and he's he's starting to use that a bit more and that's exactly how he set up that goal really deft touch 
Werner, brilliant break and, and what a pass for, for Zayac, who's come in for a bit of criticism in the last few weeks, but was excellent last night and got us like a really, really crucial goal. Um, so yeah, we, we upped our game and they, like, frankly, they just nowhere near it. I mean, the danger man for them would obviously be Luis Suarez. You, In another parallel universe, you'd really worry about him against some of our defenders, but mm. he barely had a kick. He doesn't have the pace anymore, does he? In no. Europe, it's because he hasn't scored yet in the Champions League for them, has he? Which just tells yeah. the story of, of where La Liga must be at at the moment. Yeah, it's a bit of an indictment, I thought. Yeah, I mean, Charlie, you've mentioned there that first goal. Do you know what I particularly liked about it was Timo Werner making a slide tackle as the ball goes into their, into our box. Atletico Madrid yep. have the ball. Then the pace, as, as you know, like you said, it was just a perfect counter-attacking move and including all three of those summer signings that you know people have criticized for whatever reasons but Chris it was just nice to see a goal like that and and do you know what it was awfully similar to the Didier Drogba goal against Barcelona um the year we won the Champions League you know a counter-attack Ramirez down the left playing a ball and and the same finish it was almost identical it was quite weird wasn't it yeah yeah it was that's true um but yeah exactly it was just a really pleasing goal in, in every aspect, really, especially from a, a fan's perspective. Obviously, those those three signings combining. And I think for Tuchel, that is, was literally his game plan in action, um, using the pace and, as Charlie says, the power of those front players, especially Havertz, using his physicality well. Um, and I thought the, the way he kind of broke away from his man, sh mm. shook him off, and to play that ball aerially as well. It wasn't an easy pass into Werner, but he got it mm. just right off his weaker foot. Um, Werner, again, I think he always shows that desire and that pace yeah. is is absolutely electric. Um, hopefully, he'll he'll start getting more actual goal scoring chances. But when he's in that wide area, he's he's shown that he can provide this season. His assist numbers are decent, and uh, I thought the keeper should have done a lot better. To be honest, I haven't seen that yeah. mentioned much anyway. But um, Ziek did enough there to to squeeze it in. But that's all that matters, really. I was going to say he did squeeze it in, didn't he? I am. Um... What I, this is quite funny because I'm going to put my hands up again. Before the goal, I didn't necessarily think Ziek was having that good of a game, but he scored the goal. And from then on, I thought he was brilliant, you know, playing the over the top through balls that we we need to see. Charlie, was this his best performance in a Chelsea search? Chelsea shirt, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually surprised to learn that it was his first goal at Stamford Bridge. Um, but no, no, he, he, he contributed all game. Um, he's one of those players, isn't he, that flits in and out of games. A player with that kind of mercurial talent. But I think he's learning to kind of hone that and work in a system like two calls and, and hopefully be an asset for us going forward. I, I remember that Drogba goal you're on about, and that was one of the real shames of the one of the real only real shames of last night was the bridge went off when that Drogba goal yeah. went in. And I'm, oh, I know, so... I know the same. I know the same would have been true last night. That's uh, kind of what everyone was saying afterwards. Like, how good would it have been to be there? So that was kind of the only shame. But um, no, I thought. I mean, Zayas was fantastic in, in getting that in and and look it, you know it's it's a big moment for him there's probably mm. question marks over you know whether four or five wingers however many attacking midfielders you say we want to have does that go into two and I think Zayac would possibly be on the outside of that conversation but with moments last night you know that only that only kind of puts him as more vital in our squad and what we're trying to do 
Yeah, definitely. Now, one player who wasn't actually playing, but I honestly loved this so much, was seeing Thiago Silva on the steps of Stamford Bridge, telling players where to go, almost managing from the sidelines, helping Thomas Tuchel in that way. But the celebrations at the end when we saw Jorginho, Mason Mount and Thiago Silva celebrating, Chris, I just absolutely loved it. And I think every Chelsea fan out there, just their love for Thiago Silva is just going up and up and up. Yeah, that was fantastic. I think it was it was really nice to see. Obviously, that this competition will mean a hell of a lot to him, especially at this stage of his career. Um, and I think a lot of people could have like perceived his move to Chelsea as sort of one last uh, pay packet, one sort of last luxury move before he packs mm. it in. But um, you can see that he's really invested in the project, wants to sort of build on on reaching the final under Tuchel with PSG last season and and. The, yeah, I mean, the way he was shouting them on, he's he's definitely set for a career in, in coaching, isn't he? But um, yeah, it, it, it's good to see that togetherness, especially the celebrations at the end. I think there's always been talk, there always is talk around Chelsea about players not being happy or certain players throwing their toys out the pram. But I think that really f- reflected a, a togetherness that will, will do us do us good, especially in the Champions League, I think. Of course, that was a massive win in the Champions League, Charlie, you know, beating Atletico Madrid. But there's been plenty of people have been criticising Chelsea. And, and, you know, earlier in the season, you might have said that was fair. But even so, when we're beating all the big teams, you know, we beat Tottenham, we beat Liverpool, we beat an inform Everton. And now we've beaten Atletico Madrid. It seems to be that the opposition weren't that good, not that Chelsea have been really good. Do you think that's fair? Do you think we need to maybe start, you know saying, okay, yeah, Thomas Tuchel's doing a really, really good job. And actually, maybe Chelsea winning these games are down to them just being really good. Yeah, and I, you know what? I think last night turned that tide. I think that you could see the players after, the pundits after the game, Rio Ferdinand and Joe Cole, who's obviously always on our side mm-hmm. um, very nicely. But no, they're all talking about what a job Tuchel has done and what, what a job he's got them yeah. playing as this unit and, and making these teams look poor. It's, you know, it's it's slightly six of one, half a dozen of the other. Like, I, I don't, you know, all these teams have been quite poor, but also I just think that you're right. They're, they're, there's a certain sample size and at which point you say, well, hang on, you know, we're we're getting past every test thrown at us at the minute. Um, and I do think I do think last night was like the ultimate vindication for that, you know, like getting getting through to the Champions League quarterfinals with no qualms whatsoever. Um, there's no, add, added to those other games you're talking about, there's no kind of luck involved there. Mm. Um, listen, the Champions League draw is tomorrow, guys. This is a big deal. We can, of course, get English clubs. We can draw Liverpool. We can draw Manchester City. But to me, there are a couple of teams that I would really want to face, one of them being Real Madrid um, and the other one being Porto. Chris, do you, do you think the same? Are they the two teams you're eyeing up or would you take on anyone maybe bar Bayern right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, th- I think the two teams I would want to avoid are Bayern and, and City at the moment. Um, mm. Anyone else, I would, I, I'm not going to say we're, we're definitely going to beat them, but I think we have a decent chance against anyone else. I think sort of Dortmund, Porto are the ideal. Um, but then beyond that, I think Liverpool at the moment, we would give a good game. I think we've shown that, although it's different in Europe. Um and then uh, Real Madrid, yeah, exactly as you say. We've seen that um, La Liga clubs are struggling in the Champions League. They're not themselves. Uh, mm. Real Madrid certainly aren't themselves this season. Um, watching them against Atalanta, not not that impressed. There's nothing that I think kind of um, 
po would pose too much of a threat to our defence in its current form. Um, but again, I, th I think it's one of the quirks of the Champions League is that there's not strictly any easy draw. Um, Porto knocked out Juventus. I know Juventus, mm. again, are, are struggling this season. A lot of European teams seem to be, um, and the English clubs are benefiting for one reason or another. But um, yeah, I think Bayern and Manchester City are the ones you actively want to avoid. But equally, we know we'd give Bayern a much better game than last year. So sort yeah. of bring it on if, it, if it, we have to beat the best teams to win the whole thing. So. I think as well, like when we play teams now, no team's going to want to face Chelsea. You know, you've looked at how sort of solid, you know, we look at the back and having conceded in six games and we played some really good opposition in that time. I think as well as we're, we, there's certain teams we want to avoid. I think most of those teams will be looking at us and going, Chelsea's going to be a really difficult game. I do not want to play them. Charlie, who who would be your favoured opponents for the for the quarterfinals? I mean, it's only one, uh, Porto. I mean, the, we, yeah. it would be heartbreaking to get Real Madrid after 25 years oh, of not don't. getting them if we can't go, you know. So um, without being yeah. able to go and all that, without the kind of atmosphere and the colour around the Champions League, you've really just got to hope for the um, easiest opponent, which although not an easy opponent, Porto is. Um, Dortmund would be, um, although I sort of have nightmares about Haaland. Uh, so I think... I think that's kind of um, that's kind of their massive ace in the hole there. I, I, I'd still back us over two legs, so I, I think that's kind of the next one up. But I, I, I think really, if we were to draw Porto, then there's a, you know, there's a huge chance of of getting to the final. Oh, because honestly, be, be, Charlie, because, Erling Haaland yeah. scares me. Oh yeah, no, he looks. He, <laughs> whenever he plays, he, he he looks like a man playing with children. Yeah, whenever he plays, you know, he's galloping through, but. Um, <laughs> No, look, it, I, I think it's just about the best chance of getting through. So for me, for me, that's Porto. If we get Real Madrid, I'm going to be heartbroken oh. because it's it's such a weird. Quirk. I mean, the same is true of Dortmund actually, but it's mm. such a weird quirk that, like, for the for the vast majority of the last uh, twenty years, we've both been in the competition and we've never actually yeah. faced them. When you think about the number of times we've played PSG and. Barcelona and teams mm. like Schalke to never have played Real Madrid um, is quite weird. But then to get them when we can't go would be um, a bit of a bit of a tearjerker. It's weirdly similar for a lot of English clubs with Real Madrid, isn't it? They never like they played Arsenal literally ages ago. I can't remember many times. I think since they played then. Man they City in the group Tottenham. in the group stages, didn't they? Yeah, didn't they play Man yeah. City? Yeah. But, but oh, it would be painful. I like you, Charlie. I would absolutely hate it, especially just because. <laughs> I'd want, you know, and I know we'd we'd obviously have a better chance. Eden Hazard wasn't playing, but I'd like him to come back to Stamford Bridge with a full Stamford Bridge crowd, um, just to show how much sort of we love him and we miss him and we'd love him to come back. Anyway, um, right, we've got another um, <laughs> quarterfinal on our hands. Uh, I won't talk about too much about Eden Hazard because I'll end up, you know, tearing up. Um, now we're good. Another quarterfinal coming up this weekend. We're of course um, into the last eight of the FA Cup as well. We've got Sheffield United and that almost looks an easier draw now than it did, you know, say two weeks ago, three weeks ago when the draw was done, Chris. Are you are you confident? You don't think that a new manager will give them that new bounce after that beating at Leicester? No, I, I don't think I don't think they're in a good place at all. I think they, they've timed uh, Wilder's sacking pretty poorly. I know it wasn't purely for, for footballing reasons. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly confident we should come through it, especially at home. Um, I just think, yeah, we just need to make sure. I, I, I imagine he'll rotate again. So it's just, I think, which was the problem from um, 
the previous game to to the Leeds game, um, just rot rot not rotating too much that it kills the momentum a bit, uh, mm. which I thought was the case last week. But um, there are players to come back in. We know Mason Mount will probably play and, and Jorginho coming in from suspension. So hopefully the team isn't weakened too much. Charlie, would you, Thomas Tuchel's come out and said that, you know, Havertz's position isn't a false nine, it's just a number nine. And I think more recently we've seen performances that, you know, have sort of given us glimpses to why we paid that money for for such a young young guy. Would you, the form that he's in, I think he played really well against Atletico Madrid last night. Do you think we should continue playing him? Like Chris says, you don't want too much rotation. And he was dropped. The last time he played well, he was then, he was then rested, shall we say. Do you think this is a chance for him to keep going in that number nine position? Or do you look at the likes of Olivier Giroud that, you know, hasn't played much recently and, and he needs to be given a chance? Well, also, I, th I think what you've got to think is, you know, this is a real opportunity to get very far in this competition, which shouldn't be yeah. sniffed at. You know, like we're, we're perfectly capable of winning this competition. I'd go mm. so far as to say with the teams left in it, we probably should. Um, so I, th I think that should kind of be the biggest consideration. In terms of resting players, we're, we're then not playing until the 3rd of April. So, I'd, I, you know, unless someone's really knackered from Atletico, I, I don't see a massive reason to be playing a load of kids. I, I, I'd like to see some, you know, I'd like to see Gilmore um, in there with maybe Jorginho coming back after being suspended. But no, I, I think it's a perfect opportunity to, to play Hazard up there. And not only that, but actually... <laughs> you just to, said Hazard. To, oh, oh, sad times. Hazard, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah that, that'd... Uh, <laughs> that'd be nice. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'd definitely win then. Um, no, but uh, yeah, it'd be, be great if we can play Havertz uh, up top <laughs> and, and, and get the couple of goals that he's really, really deserved over the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly like to see that. Um, Charlie, you mentioned there, or Chris, sorry, Charlie mentioned there about, um, about Billy Gilmore. And, you know, we haven't seen a lot of him this season. He has been fit. Do you think, not necessarily, we, we all want to see Billy Gilmore in games like this, and because it's a quarterfinal and, and it's a big game, do you think Tom, um, I was about to call him Tommy Tuchel then, Thomas Tuchel, <laughs> <laughs> give him a nickname, um, Thomas Tuchel will play him, will trust him in a game like this, or do you not think he will? Um, it's a good question. I'm, I'm really not sure because of the amount that, that he does rotate, but um, I think that, yeah, Charlie's right, is that the, the kind of gravity of this game has, has been sort of... Uh, overshadowed by the fact that Sheffield United are doing doing so poorly, but we're one game from Wembley. Well, we're, sorry, we're we're at Wembley, aren't we? If we win this, so yeah. Um, you 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 kind of expect him to play a strong team again. And to be honest, I actually think on the basis of lo of last night and the Everton game, he's edging closer to what he will feel is his strongest team. I think it's starting to become clear. Um, I think. Based on last night's team, um, maybe Mason Mount. Oh, I know Ziyech had a good game, but maybe Mason Mount comes in there, and um, obviously we have Thiago Silva to come back in. So <laughs> whether or not he continues to start, that's a question mark. I I do think Zuma will drop back out, even though he played well, and then it will yeah. be. And that, that then you have Chris Christensen's form as well. So I think apart from maybe the defense, it's very clear what his best team is now uh, in the in the second two thirds of the pitch so yeah. I think everyone will just want a bit of consistency now and seeing those players play together regularly and Charlie's right that if we have this this long break for the international break it is a good chance to to get some confidence and a bit more momentum off the back yeah. of an excellent result last night um this is a big question Charlie now you said that we should win the FA Cup or we could win the FA Cup 
to me, you know, I look at this this Champions League and I look at echoes of 2012, just not necessarily being the best team in it, but still going on to win. Do you genuinely believe that Chelsea can win the Champions League this season? Um, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't make us favourites were we to play, as we mentioned earlier, a City or a Bayern over two legs. Yeah. Um, we're, we're probably, probably back in us be- in, would you back us in maybe in, in, in a one-legged final like we were, like we did against Bayern back in 2012? Probably got more of a chance then, would you say? Yeah, of course. I mean, finals, anything can happen. I, I, I think they're, they're possibly better than that side. We possibly don't have, you know, that kind of experience that, that got us through on that night. Yeah. Um, having said that, we're in a much better position than we were at this stage in 2012. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, look, it, it's, you know, if you're in the quarterfinals, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Were we to draw a Porto or even a Dortmund on Friday, those chances rise. Um, yeah. I, st- I still think, you know, quite naturally, because you, you look at where we are in the in the league table, um, I still think we're, we're a long way behind a City or a Bayern. Um, mm. But, you know, we, we know that that necess- doesn't necessarily matter in yeah. these knockout competitions. What would be blinding is if City and Bayern draw each other on Friday. Mm. Yeah, that's what you incredible want. Incredible tie. And yeah, gets Chris, one of them out of the way. <laughs> that's the thing. You, exactly. want, that's, that's you want City Bayern and then you want PSG Liverpool. You want to get like at least two of the big guns out the way and ask. Listen, it's about time we got given an easy draw. Do you know what I mean? City, Liverpool have had fairly easy draws. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's time for Chelsea to be given one of those two to be getting the big ones. Um, listen, guys, we're going to get into some questions now because people have been um, tweeting us. Um, this is quite an interesting one. Metza Diligent has tweeted. Do you think, Chris, Chelsea still need a number nine and a goalkeeper given the recent interest in the media of Donnarumma and Haaland? Now, I think, do you know what? Mendy, over the last couple of games, has been absolutely class, hasn't he? Do you think we still need to be looking for a goalkeeper and perhaps number nine? Yeah, I think, I think as you say, Mendy has been class. Um, I think that that is just rumours. I don't think anything will, mm. will change there. We've got we've got Mendy and we've got Kepa, who's still our most expensive player. So I think um, the onus will be on Tuchel to work with them over the summer. I think Mendy will remain the number one. I think that will be deserved on the basis of his form of this season. Um, in terms of the number nine question, I think that's going to keep changing, really, like as we approach the end of the season. But it really depends on how um, Havertz performs as the number nine, if that's the route Tuchel wants to go down and how Timo Werner does as as the sort of second striker, the, the double ten they've called it or whatever. If the double tens are chipping in with goals and uh, and Havertz has sort of nailed down that position and I've, I think I've said this before but considering the, the amount of investment last summer I don't think there's going to be that much of a willingness to spend big this summer and mm. uh, yeah as we've said I think Haaland is the only player who would be worthwhile but it's going to be an almighty battle for his signature next summer that we don't necessarily need to get involved in it is just time consuming and it will become tedious and that will in in itself uh going after a player of that caliber will sort of unsettle the likes of of Havertz and Werner because they'll wonder where their where their place will be if if that does happen I think that's the key with the names there's a you know it's a it's a completely different thing saying we need a striker to saying can we get Erling Haaland you know, do do we need a striker, just anyone that's to come in? No, I don't think so. We, mm. you know, we've got we've got Werner, we've got Havertz, we've still got Tammy Abraham, we've possibly got Olivier Giroud next season. Who knows? Um, but if there, you know, is there an opportunity to get Erling Haaland to the club? Then no matter what else happens, then that needs to be taken because he's, he, you know, he's quite clearly going to be 
I think one of the world's top two players in the next decade. Personally, I don't think we've got a snowball's chance in hell of getting him. I think there's. <laughs> I think, no, well, I don't. You know, I mean, look, it's you know we're going to finish what third or fourth in the Premier League. Um, I would have said that I to you last year, though, about about Havertz and Werner. Like, I would not have obviously at this stage. Uh, Werner is like best best striker in the Bund- well, sorry, not not better than Lewandowski, but second best striker yeah. in the Bundesliga, scoring a shed load of goals. I would I would have told you, especially when he's being linked with Liverpool. Zero chance he's coming to yeah. Chelsea. I'm not. I'm not basing this on anything. Obviously, I don't have any insider knowledge, I, mm. but just the fact that these things can happen, I guess. I still think it's slightly different, though. Like with with Haaland, because Werner was a, a great, you know, at the time an excellent signing and an excellent player that a lot of clubs wanted. Haaland is going to it's be another the, level. Is mm. another level, and and whether this comes to fruition or not, the way he's seen now is the biggest thing in football in the next 10 years, him and Mbappe. That's true. Yeah, so yeah. so it's, it's exactly, it's a complete, it's a different level to, than to securing a very good Bundesliga striker. Yeah. It's, then, you know, he, you're battling Real Madrid for one of the best players in the next true. 10 years. And I just, I just don't think we're at that table. People did have Havertz up there as well, though, I would say. But, but not, yeah, perhaps not, the, not same the same level because he hasn't played in the Champions League, that is fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's going to be an interesting battle, isn't it, for, for signing Erling Haaland. It would be nice, but we're not going to get our hopes up. Um, listen, Ayabami said, even though we won yesterday, we lost a lot of the ball in the, in the final third, um, especially in the first half, which led to some sort of attacks by Atletico Madrid. If this should continue, do, the, do you think our defence can hold the kind of firepower that will be coming our way in quarterfinals? Because, yeah, we scored two yesterday, but like like it has been under Tuchel, I think our final ball has been lacking. So you're then relying on that defence that's been solid to, you know, keep out the likes of, you know, it might be Mbappe and Neymar. It might be Salah, Mane, Firmino, which we've already done. It might be, you know, Lewandowski and all those Bayern Munich players. So what do you reckon? Do you think we need to improve in the final third just so we don't rely so much on the defence, Charlie? Um, I think it's a little bit harsh from uh, with, with the question. Um, look, it, it goes without saying that the likes of Mbappe, the likes of Haaland, um, the likes of even obviously Messi again, that, that is a different level to what we've been tested um, so far. I think the improvement, particularly last night in the form of N'Golo Kante, has a lot to do with this. I think, you know, he can be oh. such an asset for us. Mm. Um I, you know, there's obviously quite, you know, we've all had questions about various members of this back three, but they're they're all playing very well. I mean, in particularly, particularly Rudiger's been excellent in the last few few weeks, and I don't think I'd ever be saying that again. Um, mm-hmm. Christensen, who didn't play last night, has been brilliant. Zuma played very well last night. So, although some of the teams we face do have strikers and with, uh, that we haven't faced before, particularly with the pace of someone running at you like an Mbappe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think on the on the current form there's there's nothing you could say that you know we'd be in dire dire straits against anyone really. A lot of the teams left are not um, so like so good defensively. There are a lot of uh, teams that are good going forward, but nowhere near as good at the back. I think you'd even say that about Bayern this season as well. Um, yeah. So there there should hopefully be opportunities. Um, if yeah regardless of who we face um porto ironically looked ridiculously good defensively against juve so it was, that's <laughs> interesting but uh yeah 
yeah I, I do think we need to be more clinical I do think that's um that's something we need to work on but obviously who's no one's complaining right now now this is a really good question I'm going to put you on the spot guys because Carefree Youth has asked Zuma and Christensen have done well when Thiago Silva has been missing under Tuchel they've both been brilliant especially Christensen so my question is to you I'm going to ask you both who would you pick as your back three if all defenders are fit Charlie go uh who would I pick I'd pick yeah. um <laughs> so, 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 no, it's really hard it's really hard but uh, Silver Christensen and Zuma but I think then all three of those probably play best as that middle one um, I, I Rudiger even Silver... though he was brilliant last night he was brilliant yeah I mean it's, it's hard isn't it it's hard I, I, fine maybe maybe the ones that played last night with Silver instead of Azpilicueta yeah so moving yeah, think... moving Christensen out to the the right of the three no. No, no, no. no, no. So where Silver, would you play? Zuma, Rudiger. So you, so play, you keep you Zuma play Zuma in. Yeah, play, I'll play Zuma in the middle. I mean, the, the, I... the problem is I think we've got three that always, that yeah. where their best position is the middle. So I can't see really Azpilicueta or Rudiger being displaced. That's why, that's why I said what I would do and I think what Tuchel will do is completely different. I don't actually think Thiago Silva is going to play an awful lot more. Um mm. Which which seems bizarre when you think of the first half of the season. Personally, mm. in my kind of dream football manager kind of scenario or whatever, me playing God for a minute, I'd have I'd have Silver, Zuma, and possibly Rudiger. And Chris, what do you reckon? I would go I would go Silver in the middle, Christensen and Rudiger on merit at the moment. But Charlie again is right that um they all work better. I mean, Rudiger works well as the left side, but uh, the others mm. work better as the central one. And the thing is, is I, I, I thought Azpilicueta was pretty shaky last night. Obviously, like evidenced by that that almost penalty or should have been penalty. Yeah. He also had a chance to clear um, clear from Jim Jao Felix late on, and that like kind of gave the ball straight back to him, and he almost scored. Then that was Mendy's best save, I think. But um, yeah, I think because he plays well as that overlapping centre-back mm. I think we've been calling it um I think he'll he'll probably stay in the team but I, I agree with Charlie um that that I doubt there'll be much change I I, I do disagree that I think maybe Thiago Silva will come back in I think Tuchel sees the value in in having his experience in the starting lineup mm. especially in big games but I think maybe because of his age his body will need to rest regularly and because he's managed to play all our centre-backs into decent form anyway it becomes less of a problem I think that is maybe the way he used Thiago Silva best is that his experience and next to, to any any pair of centre-backs seems to have improved them. So that that's a plus. Okay, and just finally, um, Metsa Diligent has asked another question, which I think is quite good. And now we saw Kante put in a 10 out of 10 performance, as we've seen from Kante for so many years at Chelsea. I think arguably one of his best performances in a Chelsea shirt, especially given the critics he's had this season as well. But him and Kovacic played really, really well together. And um, he wants to know, is it safe to say that Kante and Kovacic, Krish, are the best option in the double pivot? Hard. Especially in how Jorginho has been playing as well. Yeah, in my opinion, they definitely are, though. I think um, yeah. Kante's passing has kind of weirdly, despite his age, has kind of gone up another level. Like, I thought he was he was just fantastic last night. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know how or why or when this has happened, but he's like reached another level that even sort of surpasses like the very best we've seen of him over the years at Chelsea and Leicester. Like... I, I, I'm not sure what's come over him, but he is playing unbelievably, um, both going forward and defensively. Like he just reads the game so, so well. Um, so I think, yeah, he's he's pretty much 
first midfielder on the team sheet, um, probably first player on the team sheet. And then Kovacic, again, like um, his passing is perhaps not as good, but he's just so busy and and gets Mm. through so much running. And um, I think what's nice, again, because you you mentioned Jorginho's form, um, depending on the opponent, which he has been doing, I think he can just pick and choose who he thinks will um, will suit the match, just like Jorginho suited the Liverpool game yeah. uh, and, can, and, can, and can make his selections on that basis, uh, which is a really good position to be in rather than picking players based purely on form because no one else is playing well enough to get in the team, which we've, we've had a few times. Yeah, and listen, guys, that's all we've got time for. It's been, so, I mean, I think we've got, we're, sort of gone longer than we usually do but um obviously it was a massive game against Atletico Madrid, Atletico Madrid and of course we've got a massive game in the FA Cup as well so there's plenty for us to talk about listen thank you so much for listening if you could drop us a review it would be very much appreciated and subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard now us three will be back again next week to hopefully discuss that FA Cup win against Sheffield United meaning we've got another semi-final to look forward to and of course react to that Champions League draw who are we going to face we are all looking forward to it and we'll see you next time here on wherever you may be. Thank you.